Hello, this is David J. Howe, Doctor Who collector and author. You're listening to the Doctor Who Collectors Podcast. Keep collecting. Hello, Fraser Hines here. Welcome back to the Doctor Who Collectors Podcast, the podcast that explores the all-inclusive world of Doctor Who collecting and merchandise. Welcome back to the show. I am Larry Van Mersbergen, your host, and I've been a Doctor Who collector now for 41 years. And I had the luck of opening up one of the first Doctor Who stores in Chicago that exclusively served Doctor Who fans. I called it Bundles from Britain. With special thanks to John Peel, who uh, actually edited the Fantasy Empire magazine, where I took the title from. It was their mail page. Bundles from Britain was the news uh, from England and mail and letters from fans. It was really quite a, a catchy title, and we took it and used it. Um, and uh, it lasted for quite some time and uh, evolved into many other things. And of course, uh, I'm very proud that it's in a great book. I didn't know that the book was being written. I didn't include this information. I found it after I had purchased a copy of the book. And the book is called Red, White, and Who, the story of Doctor Who in America. It's written by wonderful friends of mine who did a lot of research. And of course, you know, it's not complete. I kind of like to call the book my uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, where it gives it the mostly harmless treatment because you can't, there's limited space in the book. So that's why we have podcasts to tell the rest of the story and um, hopefully presentations and things like that at conventions to help get the story out there. Anyway, Bundles from Britain lives on page 384, and you should have a copy of this book, and you can find a convenient link on the front page of our website at DoctorWhoCollectors.com to buy this book directly from Amazon. Uh, we are part of the Direction Point Doctor Who Podcast Network. You can find wonderful Doctor Who podcasts at directionpoint.org. And if you happen to be a Doctor Who podcaster listening to this podcast, what are you waiting for? Join today and get the benefits of having your trailer appear on this podcast and other great podcasts such as Time Streams, Police Box in a Junkyard, the Doctor Who Target Book Club podcast, and Traveling the Vortex. For more information, go to directionpoint.org. Speaking of links, of course, two great resources that I include in every episode of the Doctor Who Collectors podcast, you should have timelash.com. And under that banner, you should click on the TARDIS library to keep track of all of your media. That means books, vinyl, CD, books on tape, hardcover, paperback, um, all of those things that came out in print format or video format um, are you can actually keep track for free. Register for a free account. You can create a wish list. You can share your wish list. You can create a want list. It's a wonderful place to keep track of all of those things. If you need to find something that's a little bit more unusual and not in that uh, area, then you need, of course, the great David J. Howe Transcendental Toy Box at DoctorWhoToyBox.co.uk. 
David J. Howe, of course, is a good friend of mine. He's a professional collector. He doesn't like the word professional, but I believe he has a lot more um, at stake. When he collects, he collects. When he buys one of everything that comes out, that's a collector. Uh, and if you're looking for that, you can go to that website for that. Uh, of course, if you're looking for great Doctor Who items at great prices, look no further than visiting DoctorWhoStore.com. Of course, that is the website of Alien Entertainment, which is located in wonderful downtown Lombard on Main Street. And um, you should visit the store if you're in the Chicago area. It's run by a very good friend of mine, Gene Smith. And you can also select free pickup from the store and save on the shipping costs, which are getting a little bit crazy. But of course, I know gas is high as well. So if you can't, uh, if you you know can't afford to drive there, then get the shipping option. Uh, they're open Wednesday through Saturday. Uh, you can get store hours up to date from AlienEntertainment.com and on their Facebook page. Uh, you can also find other Doctor Who items at Forbidden Planet, one of our sponsors. Just visit our website at DoctorWhoCollectors.com and you can select the Doctor Who merchandise links. Uh, don't forget our eBay store. We have a lot of great Target books that we are uh, selling to help pay for proceeds to the podcast. In addition to our podcast, of course, on our website, we have, of course, the complete guide to Doctor Who classic hardcover books. Uh, I have seen page um, page screenshots appear on Facebook feeds saying, hey, I agree with this. This is amazing. I didn't know there was a reprint of the Pyramids of Mars. Well, I have one. I didn't know the last reprint was the Space War. I have that one, too. So there's a lot of great information there that we took from many, many sources to kind of create the best guide possible for collectors, keeping in mind that some of the books you may never see again. Uh, now that Chicago TARDIS 2021 is well behind us now, we are now counting forward to Chicago TARDIS 2022. Of course, every Thanksgiving weekend at the Westin Hotel in beautiful Lombard. The nice thing about it being in Lombard is that you don't have to pay to park. And uh, Harry Carey's restaurant is right in the lobby there. Beautiful, wonderful food. And uh, it's kind of interesting. There's a Target across the street. I've gone over to the Target and you run into all the celebrities who are shopping there for their uh, for what they need to survive the week. So this year, uh, our guests for Chicago TARDIS, uh, no new guests to report, but here they are. We have Sylvester McCoy, the seventh doctor. I would say visit him while you can. I don't know when he's planning to retire. Uh, Fraser Hines, I think, comes with every convention and your ticket, and you can't miss him. He's a fun guy and a wonderful man. Uh, Jason Hay Gallery, the CEO of Big Finish, and Sophie Aldred, who played Ace, and will be, of course, playing Ace in the last Jodie Whittaker Doctor Who story. Keep that in your bookmarks, chicagotardis.com, and experience the best Doctor Who convention in the Midwest. I am honored by them to be the official collecting Doctor Who collecting expert for Chicago Tardis, and I often present my Doctor Who collecting panel and showcase at every Chicago Tardis when possible. Uh, you can also get a view of the Who Room at the Doctor Who collecting panel from 2020, which was a virtual convention. And you can find that on the Chicago TARDIS YouTube and Facebook streams. I also have it under playlists at the Doctor Who Collectors Podcast YouTube channel. I will keep you up to date on Chicago TARDIS updates as they happen, but you'd probably get it faster by subscribing to their newsletter. And you can do that at ChicagoTARDIS.com. 
Special thanks to our sponsors, of course. Uh, we've mentioned Forbidden Planet, but let's also not forget Bags Unlimited Incorporated. For all your collection protection needs, bags, backing boards, uh, VHS covers, DVD covers, poster backings, you got that right there, bagsunlimited.com. You can uh, get Forbidden Planet items directly at our website at drwhocollectors.com. One more link to share, of course. Get the latest, of course, from Telos Publications. That's telos.co.uk. They do ship to the USA, and that is the company run by David J. Howe. What's going on? Uh, well, uh, you uh, can see me present Doctor Who Collecting if you happen to be at Doctoberfest in Indianapolis, Indiana, Saturday, October 22nd at the Holiday Inn in Camby, Indiana, and also at the Who North America shop in Camby. Uh, with any luck, too, I'll also be presenting at Chicago TARDIS 2022, as I mentioned earlier. Uh, new to the collection, I thought I'd start adding, you know, what's coming into the collection here. I'm an active collector. I still look around for things uh, and try to fill gaps when I can. So here's what I picked up uh, since the last podcast. I picked up uh, some nice first edition Target books, including The Brain of Morbius and The Pyramids of Mars, with special thanks to my friend uh, uh, Dale Santos. Um, also picked up a mint copy of Nightshade by Mark Gaddis uh, from the new Doctor Who Adventures. That was a really nice deal. And also, um, I had not seen one of these before, uh, but I got a rare hardcover edition of the John Pertwee Book of Monsters. Uh, that came out some time ago. I had the paperback, and somebody had mentioned that there was also a hardcover. I'm like, okay. Not published by Target or, or WH Allen. It's another publisher, but uh, very nice to have that in hardcover, and it's a nice mint copy. Uh, if you got something new you want to share... Give us a shout out at Doctor Who Collectors Podcast at gmail.com. Happy to share that on the air. On today's show, we're going to be talking with Sylvia Elizabeth, who is a cosplayer. And she, of course, specializes in uh, portraying Sarah Jane Smith and the 13th Doctor. Uh, she has a fan film where she plays Sarah Jane coming out on YouTube. And we will link this on our pages as soon as we get the word. I want to send a thank you to our patrons. If you'd like to see exclusive material that we cannot show through a podcast, since this is audio and a lot of times the collectibles are visual, you can visit our Patreon page and uh, subscribe at the $15 level or above. Or if you just want to pay $15 and cancel the next month and view everything, I don't care. <laughs> thank you for supporting us. I want to thank all of our, our folks who, who sponsor us there. And uh, you can, of course, see today's interview with uh, Sylvia, including her costume. Uh, she wears a wonderful Andy Pandy uh, costume that Sarah Jane made famous. And it looks very good. So you'll have to check it out at uh, patreon.com backslash Doctor Who Collectors Podcast. If you uh, would like to support us, uh, we are also at Podbean. You can go to doctorwhocollectors.podbean.com, collect, become a patron, and support us at any level. All proceeds benefit the podcast. And speaking of proceeds, attention, attention, we are continuing to try to raise money to bring Doctor Who legend Peter Purvis to our podcast. He played Stephen Taylor, actually played two roles in The Chase. Uh, well, you know, you can find out more about that information. He, he talks about that story quite a bit. But he traveled with the first Doctor. And, uh, you know, as far as supporting our, our Doctor Who actors, uh, we are asking for $271, which is exactly what he's asking through his agent. Uh, and 
you know, they don't get a lot of money in their retirement years. We want to take care of these folks, make sure that they can they can live. So your sponsorship of this podcast will get a lot of reach since this will, of course, be my highest ranking Doctor Who guest. Um, just go to DoctorWhoCollectors.com, click Donate. Make sure you put Peter Purvis in the message to PayPal, and we can add you to the sponsor list. I don't, you know, if we got 100 sponsors doing a dollar, 271 sponsors doing a dollar, or one person who wants to pony up, that would be great. Uh, as we are a nonprofit podcast, we want to make sure that we um, you know, can help out you know, our, our aging Doctor Who actors here. So let us know if you can help. Our theme song, of course, is Who's Doctor Who, composed by Barry Mason and Les Reed, um, performed by Fraser Hines, who sang lead. And if you didn't catch it from previous podcasts, Led Zeppelin guitarist Jimmy Page plays the guitar on it. And when you listen to it, you can probably understand, oh, yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> One of the best guitar players in the world. Uh, you can hear this podcast, of course, anywhere you get your podcasts, including Stitcher Radio, Pandora, Amazon Music, Podbean, and iHeartRadio. And usually wherever podcasts are found. Uh, you can also find us at directionpoint.org. Uh, we are part of the Direction Point Network. So after a quick break here, we of course have collection protection, our main story, our interview with Sylvia Elizabeth, then the most outrageous offer. Stay tuned. Hi, I'm Juliet. And I'm Nathan. Experience Doctor Who from the very beginning through a classic fan's eyes. And through the eyes of a new Who fan. Reminisce and relive those classic moments with Nathan as he offers fun insight. Or experience them for the first time with Juliet as she dwells on social issues, history, fashion, and the size of a flashlight. We're the Time Streams Podcast. Find us on Spotify, Stitcher, or Apple Podcasts. You're listening to the Doctor Who Collectors Podcast. Keep collecting. Are you ready to travel through time with us? Then check out Traveling the Vortex, a Doctor Who podcast. For nearly seven years and more than 500 episodes, we've traveled from one end of the vortex to the other, making different stops with different doctors, reviewing everything from TV stories to audio plays, from books to comics, and more. Sean, Keith, and Glenn take you on a journey through 50-plus years of Doctor Who episodes and spinoff materials. You can find us wherever you get your podcasts, so be sure to check us out. And now, we're a proud member of Direction Point, a Doctor Who podcast network. You're listening to the Doctor Who Collectors Podcast. Keep collecting. Sad, Red, isn't it? People spend all that time making nice things and other people come along and break them and now it's time for collection protection on the doctor who collectors podcast we'd like to thank our sponsor bags unlimited incorporated you can find a lot of products to protect your collectibles at bagsunlimited.com um so today i wanted to focus on your big finish and bbc audio cds so once you take them out of the shrink wrap you want to try to keep the, the jewel box as safe as possible. Of course, if, you know, things happen, sometimes they crack or they get, you know, damaged, you can replace the jewel case entirely, which is nice. Um, and you can do that pretty much anywhere. Bags Unlimited has jewel cases you can buy. But there's also um, poly, uh, poly bags you can fit over the case sleeve. 
and um, some of them have resealable flaps, which is nice, so you can keep the dust and keep those nice. So um, let's talk about the CD jewel case sleeve. It fits over a single CD, which is five and three eighths by six inches. It's a 1.5 mil polypropylene uh, with a resealable flap, so it fits over that. You can get a hundred of those for $13.39. Now, if you want to fit over a, um, a double CD, a double CD set. We've got the this. This is actually a five five uh, five uh, five and seven sixteenths by five and three eighths over uh, 1.5 mil polypropylene with a resealable flap. And of course, uh, they're on sale right now uh, for a hundred for nine twenty eight. So I would get those as quickly as you could. Uh, so there's a lot of different options if you go to Bags Unlimited. Uh, there's also CDC sleeves to fit your CD Digipack and CD Gatefold jackets uh, that are slightly larger, six by five and a quarter, three mil polypropylene with a resealable flap. That's pretty new. And also another one that's slightly larger here that's six and a quarter by five and a half, three mil polyethylene. Uh, and that's 100, uh, 100 of those for $26. So lots of options there for the poly bags. Um, as far as, uh, you know, jewel cases and single sleeves or things like that, or if you were interested in a CD binder and just taking them out of the cases and putting your CDs in the binder, if you're still doing CDs. Uh, a lot of, you know, my personal favorite is to pop the CD in my car. I still have a CD player and listen to the Big Finish uh, thing. Or you can download the Big Finish app, and anytime you buy a product from Big Finish, they will update your online account and automatically include the download. So if you if you go to a convention, let's per se you go to Chicago TARDIS, Big Finish is always at Chicago TARDIS, and usually you can meet Jason Hagellery. He'll be at Chicago TARDIS uh, this year. He's been there the last couple of years. And they usually have somebody there with with uh, with their laptop. And if you you know take your purchases over to that person, they will automatically update your account so that you can download the appropriate audios. So uh, that's a really great deal. So again, you know if you go to bagsunlimited.com, just go to the categories tab and select um, and select media, and uh, you can do all that audio supplies and not just CDs but they've got supplies for uh, 33 and a third records for uh, 45 records cassette tapes um, and all that great stuff so uh, check them out so they're they're the number one place for collection protection supplies I've been using them since 1981 which is over 41 years which means they are they have been around for a long time so there you have it. If you have any questions or you have any specific things you'd like to help with protecting, uh, shoot me an email at DrWhoCollectorsPodcast at gmail.com and put collection protection help in the subject area so I see it. And uh, unfortunately, the email gets uh, a lot of attention from the spammers of the world. So it's, uh, it's nice to poke out something that's actually relevant. Uh, and I'm happy to help you with that. Um, we've had a lot of uh, suggestions, and we plan to do some video uh, tutorials on how to repair a dust jacket, how to how to put a book into a protective um, uh, book cover. Those are really kind of neat to because uh, some of those ex-library uh, classic hardcovers that we continue to talk about, uh, some of the ones that I found uh, when I take off the library. Uh, um, packaging the dust jackets in mint condition after all these years because those things really do work 
Anyway, uh, that, that has been Collection Protection. We'll be back with the main story shortly. Hello, I am Sadie Miller, and I play Sarah Jane Smith for Big Finish. You're listening to the Doctor Who Collectors Podcast. Keep collecting. Up there is the scanner. Those are the doors. That is a chair with a panda on it. Sheer poetry, dear boy. And now it's time for our main story. As we've talked about before, cosplaying and collecting go hand in hand. And it's very popular amongst Doctor Who conventions and other fan conventions across the United States. In fact, since 1985, when I first started attending conventions, cosplaying was a very big part of all of the convention scenes. So we've been talking to many different people who have engaged in this cosplaying and its very popularity and what happens with that. And it actually grows into its own culture and subculture. But it also involves sometimes using props or copies of props or copies of, of original designs. And that brings that into the collecting world. So today I'm talking to a cosplayer. Please help me welcome to the uh, podcast, Sylvia Elizabeth. Welcome to the podcast, Sylvia. Hello. So uh, tell me, how long have you been cosplaying? I have been cosplaying since 2014. And what are your favorite characters? Well, my favorite character to do right now is Sarah Jane Smith. Um, obviously, I've come as dressed as her today. Yes. And um, this is my most popular cosplay, I believe. It's what I'm most known for in the cosplay community. Um, I also enjoy cosplaying as 13. And um, I also do Sylvie from the show Loki. Okay, very cool. Yes, and she's, uh, for my listeners, she's wearing the Andy Pandy overalls that are extremely popular uh, Sarah Jane costume. Actually, I've, se I've seen this costume in particular. That was the first Sarah Jane costume I saw in 1984 when I went to the Chicago convention uh, in uh, in that late December time. And we had at least four people. And of course, Liz Sladen herself was there. And yes. so she was she was seeing this and just didn't realize the reach she had in the United States. Uh, and it's still, you know, to this day, uh, in um, a few episodes back, I, I spoke with Sadie Miller, her, her daughter, and she's still amazed that her reach is still ongoing. Uh, she saw many cosplays at Chicago TARDIS this past November. And uh, so it's it's really wonderful to see that Sarah Jane is still, I think, the most popular character in Doctor Who history, and yes. co and continues to be. So um, so what got you into uh, cosplaying? Um, I just remember going to a convention. I, I believe my first convention was Boston Comic Con, mm -hmm. and the first time that I went, I went as Missy, the Master, and. It was like my first exposure to this whole cosplay world, and it was just incredible. There were so many different like fandoms and so many different outfits to choose from. I was just like, oh my god, like this is just incredible that there's so many people who participate in this thing. And then I moved to California for college, and um, I started getting involved in different niche cosplay groups like the Order of Gallifrey and... Um, uh, the bad wolf sector of the whole um, cosplay community and then I started to get to know a lot of cosplayers I started to get to know the people behind the cosplays and I've formed some lifelong friendships from that and it's been really nice that is one of the biggest things that I still see every year I I'm a I speak at Chicago TARDIS every year I don't know if you've ever been to that one um mm -hmm. But uh, it's every Thanksgiving weekend uh, in the suburb of Lombard, Illinois, uh, usually a, a big 
big draw, but the number of costume um, that I costume players or cosplayers that I see, it just grows every single year and from the very young to the very old. And it's just amazing to me how many and how many years it's been going on. Uh, I'll, I'll share with you a quick story. Uh, in, at the 84 convention I went to, uh, one of the gentlemen that was in a fan club with me, he was an older gentleman, and he decided to build his own Davros costume. Oh, I love so, that. So he was in the chair and had the rubber mask and he designed mm-hmm. everything himself because, you know, this was the 80s, you know, you couldn't buy things online yet or anything like that. Okay. So um, he's going around the convention. He's got this powered wheelchair underneath his uh, his Dalek base and he caught the attention of a photographer and a photographer took his picture. We didn't hear anything about it. Um, then later that year, the 1984 summer Doctor Who magazine special came out with a spread of photos from sh- the Chicago convention. And the first photo was Davros. Oh, that's so cool. I love and that. I, and I thought, wow, I know that guy. <laughs> that is so cool. And uh, and just, just from there in that particular convention, that was the first convention, at least that I know of in the United States, that did a parade at the end of the convention of costumes, which is now kind of a standard thing now done yeah. at almost every, every uh, some have costume contests, but a lot of times there's like what we call, uh, they call it the masquerade at Chicago TARDIS and they do a big thing on stage. And it's really quite amazing. Uh, some And the costume quality has just gotten better and better. I have to say that the Andy Pandy overalls you have look almost identical to the prop. Oh, thank you so much. That means a lot. And I, I even asked Sadie what happened to them, and they said they were BBC issue, and, and she gave them up when she left, and nobody knows what happened to them. But oh. um, but it's just such a – and that's probably the most iconic um, costume that she wore. Um, right. So so uh, just the, the, the big questions that cosplayers usually get, and, and I know, unfortunately, in this online world of, of everybody has an opinion mm-hmm. – um, what uh, have you had anybody who's who's told you I absolutely hate what you're doing? <laughs> um, I haven't had any of that, luckily. I've it's mostly been positive comments and positive feedback. Um, I've had a couple of suggestions for improvement, which I've taken on board. But apart from that, it's basically just been really positive, really lovely feedback. And I got you look like her like a lot, like all the time, pretty much. Um, and it's just, it's so lovely to be able to connect with people on Instagram. And Instagram, I think, is a big platform for cosplay. And um, it's just so easy to be able to tag people and just be like, oh, like, like that's how I met some of my closest friends is that we'll take a group photo and then um I'm like oh what's your Instagram handle so I can tag you in this and I'll just go go back and like all their photos and it's just a really nice way to connect with people oh absolutely I think that's been it's one of the greatest technological inventions of the of the modern age especially for people who who cosplay and it's it's become um like I said it's become a whole entire culture of of the sci of not just the sci-fi world but uh, just a general media world of, of you know, taking on costumes. Uh, another story I heard uh, from um, an actress who was on Babylon 5 uh, and said that she was at a, a L.A. Comic-Con and a woman came up to her in her complete costume with the sidearm and she held the sidearm and said this was better than the prop they gave us to use on the show oh wow of course i said well today with 3d printing technology you can get a picture of the original prop and turn it into a better prop than what they actually were able to make Mm -hmm. and it's especially true in the doctor who world because probably the costume you're wearing is 10 times better than what they threw together (laughs) 
for Liz Sladen back in the day. And uh, that's uh, so uh, let me ask, do you do you make your own costumes? I do. Yes. Um, I make them with my aunt sometimes. Um, okay. There's a, a store in Boston. It's amazing. It's called Sophisticated. And they have a bunch of fabrics. They have a bunch of like sewing, sewing machines and different things that you can use there. And so this was actually a discarded Christmas fabric that we that we got there. And we were just like, what if we turned it inside out? And surprise, surprise, it was the exact same um, fabric that they used on the show. And we were just like, oh, my God, this is amazing. We can use this. And we used it for the cosplay. That's really that's really incredible, because I know um, to, and today I even imagine today it's easier finding fabric than it was 20 years ago, even. So oh, I, I and the, of course, back then, everybody had to get real creative and, and adding. And uh, have you um, have you ever had anybody commission a cosplay from you? I have not. I'm looking to try it in the future. Um, I'd really like to uh, commission the Mask of Mandragora cosplay. Oh, yeah, I yeah. have it. I have it currently. I made it myself. It was like one of the first cosplays I ever attempted to make entirely on my own. Um, okay. <laughs> it turned out a bit of um, a crisis because I kept calling my aunt and I was just like, how do I do this? What's what's this? Um, what's this button on the sewing machine? What does this do? And I called her like 20 times in a row. Bless her. <laughs> well that's great it's it sounds sounds to me you're really enthusiastic about what you're doing and and yeah. looking to be as accurate in your in your reproductions as possible which which is what i just what i see every when i'm out there uh in the doctor who world especially it's it's really quite amazing to me what is out there um i saw of course uh one of my my one of I, I had a Doctor Who store back in the 80s, and my former partner actually bought John Pertwee's green tuxedo from the Green Death. Oh, that's so, amazing. So he still has it in plastic hanging. Um, mm -hmm. And I thought, wow, that's, and I, and I still wonder if, and those pieces are becoming fewer and fewer um, available out there because a lot of them were props and the actors didn't always keep the props. They always, you know, turn them back into wardrobe. And uh, occasionally a, a prop piece comes up and of course, thousands of dollars for for these prop pieces so ha have you ever uh ha what, what is exactly the most expensive cosplay plot project you've ever done um the most expensive project i think it's actually this watch um the sarah yeah. jane watch oh yeah oh yeah, yeah. It's okay. like on ebay for like 70 dollars okay and i mean it was worth it because at the time i was just starting out cosplaying sarah jane my first Sarah Jane cosplay was Preserve the Jadoon. And um, that was like the white jacket and the mm -hmm. white leather jacket. I loved that. I thought that look was so cool. And um, I saved up all my money from high school and I bought it. And I mean, it, it, I guess it counts as a cosplay because it's like bought. But mm -hmm. like, yeah, it does. Yeah. It, it, it was my first introduction to the Sarah Jane cosplay world. And um, so yeah, this is definitely my most expensive cosplay item. Okay, what would be the least expensive uh, cosplay item? Um, that's a good question. Um, they're all pretty expensive. Um, <laughs> maybe my thirteen braces. I think that's that was okay. like the least expensive. Okay, 
All right. It's just, uh, you know, I, a lot of times people ask, they ask me, and I'm, I'm not an expert in cosplaying by any stretch. I've just observed it for many, many years and have really taken an interest. I've had a few uh, cosplayers on the podcast already. Uh, one, uh, notably, I don't know if you know Katie Haynes. I do, yeah. yeah she's, she, she, she's, a, she's been on the program a few times, and of course, mm-hmm. she does a wonderful 13 okay. um, and is, is super enthusiastic about it, too. So, uh, but all of her stuff is bought. Of course, she she's it's all commercial, um, and so I know that that can run into some some money. Uh, let me ask uh, uh, another question here: Is do you have a cosplay pet peeve? Oh, I think my number one pet peeve would be if you're at a convention and you're eating or something like that, or like you know it, you're you're replying your makeup, or like it's or or you're in the bathroom and people come up to ask you, "Oh, can I get a photo with you?" And it's just like the most inconvenient time that you could have possibly planned it. Like you'll just be eating a slice of pizza and I'll just be like, can I get a photo? And I'm just like, uh, can you read the room? <laughs> yeah. I, I know that that's been, that's actually been addressed uh, at, uh, I know Gallifrey one and Chicago okay. TARDIS actually put out a little statement, you know, saying, you know, be respectful. It's all about this anti-harassment policy that we're yeah. trying to, to promote. And it's so far been pretty successful, but you know, if, if, if you're if you're obviously in a bathroom, that's not a good time to ask for a photo. <laughs> if you're if you're if you're putting food in your mouth, it's not a good time because a lot of times, um, you know, as for myself, you know, I, I've I've been I've been in the Doctor Who world for forty years, mm-hmm. and I've actually been meeting with somebody and sitting at a table and someone will come up like, hey, Larry, how you doing? I'm like, I, I can't talk to you right now. I'm really in the middle of something here that's really important, but hey, yeah. find me later and I'll, I'll give you all the time in the world. Yeah, and exactly. so it's, it's, that's gotta be a, a, a thing. And on also the, um, in the last couple of years, especially with the, with the uh, pandemic being part of it is, is of course, you know, managing your personal space, you know, mm-hmm. what, what kind of uh, photographs are you, are you comfortable with versus, you know, if somebody gets, you know, like, uh, you're a little close. It's, <laughs> I don't know you. I, yeah. has, has that been a problem for you at all? Um, it's happened once or twice for sure. Um, but I've only been to a couple of conventions since COVID and very local conventions. So, and it's been small for the most part. Like I went to Anime Boston this past mm-hmm. month and it was huge. Like there were so many people and it was just like, I was kind of overwhelmed and a bit claustrophobic. I was just like, oh my God, like I haven't been in this like um situation this this many people cosplaying since before covid right and me and a six doctor cosplayer we were joking like oh we haven't seen you since before the plague (laughs) (laughs) yeah and then now of course uh we we did uh during the 2020 year we did a virtual convention here in chicago Mm -hmm. so we unfortunately we we did have i think one panel on cosplaying that was done on zoom but there was no participation from outside so it was but when we got back a year later of course we were all masked and we all uh were told to keep at least a three-foot distance including from the actors themselves some of our actors are getting up there in years and they didn't want to catch COVID obviously while they were over here so um that was that was a big thing to kind of keep some distance and I remember, um, except there was a couple of exceptions when I when I went up for a photo with Sadie Miller. She was like, "No, get over here. You're my friend." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, and I, was, I said, "Okay, if you're if you're good. I mean, I've had all my shots, so I should be okay." But, um, but yeah, it's uh, but of course the um, just the, the the nature of of conventions and people adoring your costumes and they wanna they wanna take advantage of that. So it makes you a public person. 
right. and in that in that way. And I'm sometimes, of course, you know, you have to manage your personal space, and that can be tough. I know. Um, hopefully, you'll get a chance to experience some of the other conventions that are a little bit bigger. And uh, yeah. I, I think your your Sarah Jane would be very popular here in Chicago. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I'm very much like to come to Chicago. That'd be amazing. Oh, absolutely. And um, let's see. Um, do you? Um, let's see. My other thing is, um, what is your favorite part of putting on the cosplay? I think my favorite part is like when you're like just out of the shower. You're like um, you're putting on the overalls. You're putting on the. Um, Sure, and then there's like that split second when you're looking in the mirror and you're just like, oh my god, like I'm not Sylvia anymore, I'm Sarah Jane, and then you just walk out the door and it's amazing. Like that's my that's definitely my favorite part of it. Um, what's your least favorite part? Um, the sweaty convention floors. <laughs> I will just put that out there. It's so hot, and these overalls are not the best for like they're they're so incredibly hot. Like they're so sweaty and just gross. <laughs> yeah. Like, like most BBC prop costumes, they're absolutely yeah, exactly. horrible. Yeah. Uh, what a, another, another guy, I you know, uh, John Davy. I don't know if you've heard of him, but he, oh, played, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he, yeah. he plays, he plays Cybermen quite a bit. And he told me firsthand that, you know, you cannot get cool enough inside of a Cyberman costume because yeah. once they once they put you in that thing, it is a sauna. And that's why he's thin as a rail because he's always doing these monsters. And another guy I talked to, Richard Ashton, he played a, an ice warrior. And he said, yeah. it's the same thing. It's a solid rubber costume. So you're basically like, you know, you, you basically baby powder yourself up and slide into this thing so that hopefully you can get off of you later. But it's like a hundred degrees inside the costumes. And of course, a lot of convention venues are not well ventilated and <laughs> and not air conditioned and stuff. And ours is in the winter, which is nice because you can actually cool that off. That's good. That's good. But uh, yeah, I can imagine that the costume material is not always breathable. It's not always um, conducive to to good weather and all that. So I can certainly understand that. Now, um, as far as how you display, do you prefer still photography or doing videos? Um, I haven't been asked for too many video photography. I usually just do still. Um, especially at Gallifrey One, it's my favorite convention to go to. Um, they there's a lot of still photography outside, especially like they tend to do cosplay group photos, and they have different times on the schedule for like when the Sarah Jane cosplays are going to meet up, or like when the Tenth Doctor cosplays are going to meet up. And there's so many still photos, and it's great. Um, I have done some video photography. Um, I, I did one for 13. I've done a couple for Sarah Jane, but I think I just prefer the still because there's just more time to figure out the poses and figure out what you want to look like. Okay. That makes sense. And, um, for costuming, uh, of course, there's a, there's a debate about who and what, uh, can cosplay. So what do you think about, um, have you seen costumes that you thought to yourself, this shouldn't be out there? Um, I don't think so. I think anybody can cosplay as anything, really. I think that um, cosplay is a really open and welcoming community to anybody who just wants to cosplay as anything they want. Like, if you can... Um, it doesn't have to be screen accurate, is what I'm saying. Like, you can just go as anything, and that's what's so brilliant about Comic-Con is that you can be a 40-year-old, you can be an 8-year-old, and 
black, LGBTQ, whatever, you can just go as anything and it's brilliant. And it's just this welcoming community who will welcome you with open arms. And yeah, it's wonderful. That's absolutely true. I know uh, another story I heard was uh, David Tennant actually went to a LA Comic-Con dressed as the doctor and entered a 10th doctor lookalike contest and came in second place. <laughs> That's brilliant. <laughs> and uh, I know Ryan Reynolds typically will dress up as Deadpool and go as a participant and no one bothers him. So <laughs> it's a it's a kind of a, also a place to, you know, when when people go in full costume, especially if there's a mask or some kind of a covering or if they're inside a Dalek, you can you can completely lose yourself in the character and not oh. and not be recognized. Um, so, I mean, when uh, when you're when you're in costume and you're in uh, a convention situation, do you go full character Sarah Jane or do you stay Sylvia for part of it? Um, I tend to jump in and out of character. There, there have been a couple of great bits where um, there one time there was, speaking of Davros, there was a Davros outside who came up to me and was just like, oh, Sarah Jane Smith. And, it was <laughs> <laughs> and um, my other favorite interaction at Gallifrey One was when I met Katie Manning. Oh, and yeah, she yeah. just very gently like took the sides of my face like she did to Sarah Jane in Goodbye, Sarah Jane. And she said, hello again, Liz. And I just completely lost it. I was like in floods of tears when I went, when I exited out of the room, my friend was like, are you okay? And I was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> Katie is an amazing person. I've been, I've known her for 40 years and uh, she, when she comes to Chicago, uh, we always have time uh, that we can spend together because she's just such an amazing lady. Uh, oh, yeah. But, but yeah, she embraces the costumes, even though I haven't seen too many people playing Joe Grant, uh, mm. but, but she loves, um, you know, the fourth doctor costume. She loves the the second doctor costume. She's absolutely just super enthusiastic about anybody who's going into that world. And mm. she's just such a, a kind of like also Fra Fraser Hines too. If you've met him, yeah. he's yeah. also big on that as well. He's, he, mm -hmm. he doesn't, he doesn't see a lot of Jamie's, but he sees a lot of other characters and he goes you know this is what it's all about you know it's about having fun it's about doing you know enjoying what you do for the show and of course the show is going on 60 years so we've got you know a big celebration coming up and so i think the next year's conventions are all going to be packed with people who are going to put oh, yeah. out their put out their favorite costumes so um i understand you have a fan film i do yes it's called sarah jane smith lost in time and it's um, sort of largely based on Dark Gently, the, t the TV show that came out in 2016. And it's um, Sarah Jane finds herself accused of a murder that she did not commit, and she has to prove herself not guilty, and she gets trapped in this time loop, and it's really, um, it's kind of it's fun, it's energetic, and we have a great 10th Doctor. Um, his name is Anthony Perez, I'm not sure if you've heard of him. He does a great 10th Doctor cosplay, he's incredible um and it's sort of like ten's final goodbye to sarah jane so that's going to come out at the end of this month at the end of june and i'm very excited about it all right my listeners uh, as soon as that link is available to where it's available we will have that on our website under where this episode is and we'll put it out there as uh as much as possible um okay, any you. any any uh where where else can uh, my listeners find you um, I'm also on YouTube at Sylvia Lupian, and I'm on Facebook and Instagram at Sylvia Elizabeth Cosplay. 
My guest is Sylvia Elizabeth. I want to thank you for joining us today on the Doctor Who Collectors Podcast. I learned so much from you today, and I absolutely love your Sarah Jane. Thank you and, so much. Uh, it's been it's been a wonderful talk. So, listeners, please stay tuned. Coming up next on the Doctor Who Collectors Podcast is the most outrageous offer. So, stay tuned. You are invited on an adventure across all of time and space in a completely random order. It's the Police Box in the Junkyard Podcast. Jump in the TARDIS with your hosts, Eric Goldbranson, Asad Khashki, and Matthew Kressel. Explore Doctor Who TV stories, audio adventures, and books, both novels and non-fiction. The Police Box in the Junkyard podcast. It's the entire Who-niverse. On Shuffle, the Police Box in the Junkyard podcast is a member of the Direction Point Network and is available about once a month wherever you find your podcasts. You are listening to the Doctor Who Collectors podcast. Keep collecting. Hello, fellow time travelers, and welcome to the Doctor Who Target Book Club podcast, the only podcast to discuss, in story order, all the Doctor Who novelizations. My name is Tony Whit, and every two weeks or so, I'm joined by a two- to three-person discussion panel, including our so-called expert, who's been a Who fan since 1979. That would be me. We also get the views of intermediate, casual, and novice fans who either have never seen the show or who have never read these books until these podcasts, including Dalton Hughes and Alison Fitzsafried. You can find us on iTunes, Stitchers, or wherever you find good podcasts, or even ones like ours. You're listening to the Doctor Who Collectors Podcast on the Direction Point Podcast Network. Keep collecting! my travelings throughout the universe, I have battled against evil, against power-mad conspirators. I should have stayed here. The oldest civilization, decadent, degenerate, and rotten to the core. Power-mad conspirators, Daleks, Sontarans, Cybermen. They're still in the nursery compared to us. Ten million years of absolute power. That's what it takes to be really corrupt. And now it's time, of course, for the most important part of the program, the most outrageous offer. This is an offer for a Doctor Who or Doctor Who-related item that appears to be priced a little bit too high. Uh, We try to avoid uh, possible um, conflicts, you know, if anything that we are interested in that appears to be priced maybe just slightly above market value, then we don't really include that to be an outrageous outwear. This is something that's completely ridiculous and possibly, possibly, but not always, uh, remedied by by getting it somewhere else at a lower price. So uh, this one arrived uh, this morning. So I want to talk about uh, this. This has to do with the Discontinuity Guide, the unofficial Doctor Who companion. And this is the second edition which includes uh, Paul Cornell, Martin Day, and Keith Topping, with a foreword by Terence Dix and an introduction by Lou Anders. So this has the TARDIS cover of the Discontinuity Guide, the re-release of the second edition. The uh, The second edition, of course, um, the book covers uh, basically all of the... Uh, um, it includes the original edition, Terence Dick's introduction, like I mentioned. Uh, the book has uh, similar versions, um, has the the Hooniverse, uh, covers all Virgin New Adventures, Virgin Missing Adventures, BBC Eighth Doctor Adventures, and BBC Past Doctor Adventures, as well as a variety of other prose stories and a number of series, new series Doctor Who episodes and BBC New Series Adventures. 
Um, this also uh, basically just covers a lot of that. It, it, it's uh, it, it was a, a book that you know came out by Virgin Publishing, um, and it was it, you know it. I don't know how well it did. I don't have a copy of the discontinuity guide. I didn't feel a need to get one, uh, but um, we found a copy here that's being put up for sale from Low Key Books out of Washington State. And uh, this is on abooks.com. This is the number one place for uh, a lot of our outrageous offers. And we, of course, know that this is probably a robot store, that this book is not genuinely priced this way uh, by somebody, by a human being, or at least a human being that's thinking. So anyway, um, they've got the, uh, of course, the shipping is free within the United States. Uh, but the price is $1,604.99. Again, the odd price uh, leads me to believe that this is a robot store. Um, and our efforts, we contacted uh, the book through our Abe account and have received no response. Uh, as of, and of course, usually by then, by tomorrow, I'll check for the link again and it will be gone. Uh, anyway, we found uh, this book uh, on eBay. Same exact edition, uh, listed for $54. Still, I think it's still a bit high, but still that's a lot more reasonable than the $1,604. So again, you know, just to just to help folks out. Now, you might be outraged at some of the prices of classic hardcovers. I usually am, uh, but that's unfortunately nothing we can do about it uh, unless people stop paying it. As long as people pay the prices, the prices will go up. Um, inflation shouldn't have anything to do uh, with used items or collectibles, but uh, sometimes that creeps into the to the formula. But anyway, um, you know, there's no reason to pay that much for the discontinuity guide. I believe you can still get it on Amazon. We, we didn't uh, see one there, but every once in a while those do come up. And uh, it's it's really not an essential book. Uh, let's see here. Yeah, Amazon does have a copy um, at ninety nine dollars. Uh, as high as 150. So it is out of print. So it is kind of, you know, the, the prices are moving up, but I would say $54 is probably your best deal on eBay if it's still there. It is a buy it now price. Uh, the seller is Thomas K. Metz altogether, T H O M A S K M E T Z, has a feedback score of nine, 100, 100% positive. The auction, uh, it may not be there as of this release. Uh, we make no guarantees on that. So anyway, that is the most outrageous offer. If you have a item or you find an item online that looks a little too ridiculous, send us the link or a screenshot and we'll do our research and we may air it here. And if you'd like to be mentioned, just let us know. This person did not want to be mentioned. That's perfectly fine. We respect that. Uh, we do not publish those that information. So anyway, that's our most outrageous offer. So keep keep your lookout out there for great collectibles. I appreciate the special thanks today to my guest, which is Sylvia Elizabeth, talking about cosplay. And uh, you can catch the video interview of that, including her wonderful costume, at our Patreon page, Doctor Who Collectors Podcast at dot patreon.com. I think it may be drwhocollectors.patreon.com, so you'll have to check that for me. Anyway, uh, until next time, uh, our next episode, of course, will be a continuation of our episode on classic hardcovers. We're going to go to the year 1978, and as always, my good friend and the host of the Doctor Who Target Book Club, Tony Witt, will be my guest. Until then, keep collecting.
Direction point. Direction point. A Doctor Who Podcast Network.